0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I am your host, as always, Huzefa. Today, we are talking about something that is a corollary to the episode yesterday. If you didn't hear the episode yesterday, it was all about makerspaces. So if you don't know what a makerspace is, we have them at the school that I'll be teaching at next year and that I've been working at a lot, uh, even in the last couple of years. It's It's kind of like a big bubble that fosters creativity it has all sorts of different resources of course you have teachers mentors there that can give assistance and guide kids along the way if need be but the idea is to engender an environment that stimulates ideas allows kids to share collaborate interact and of course build create and that can be by offering different tools one of which is fairly common, a 3D printer. So you can design and actual actually render models. So it was all about makerspaces and today is a follow up to that episode because I actually came across this really cool article on edutopia.org called Why Making is Essential to Learning. And I thought it was so cool. And it 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 relate it's it's the same idea. Why you know, what did the studies say? Why from a cognitive standpoint, is creating or making such a critical piece in the learning puzzle. So we're going to read from this article today, and I'm going to share, share the thoughts and insights along with my own as we go through it. But I just thought it was really cool, wanted to, wanted to show it to you. It's written by a guy named Yuki Tarada, who is a senior associate research curation. So let's do it. Why making is essential to learning. Making is as old as learning itself. While the maker movement may only be about a decade old, the human desire to create dates back to the earliest forms of human activity, from making stone tools to drawing on cave walls. Thinkers such as Pestalozzi, Montessori, and Papert, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing those names right, helped pave the way for the maker movement by stressing the importance of hands-on, student-centered, meaningful learning. More recently, maker education is being used as a way to connect do-it-yourself and formal learning to classrooms. Driven by new technologies such as 3D printing, robotics, and kid-friendly coding, making is emerging as an effective way to introduce students to STEM, particularly women and minorities. I believe STEM stands for science, technology, uh, some mathematics, I'm not sure what the E stands for. By incorporating elements of making into the classroom, educators can bridge the gap between what students are passionate about and what they're learning in school. So now he jumps into the science of hands-on learning. I think this is really cool too because I can see it even from my own standpoint not as an educator, but as a student in many ways that I, we all are, I suppose. But the the biggest example, I think, where actually doing or creating something and, show, and seeing how that can be such a powerful learning tool is by virtue of the fact that I've had to create many different standardized test curriculums, or they, you'd say online curriculums, video curriculums, for the courses that I've created. now. I don't know if you guys saw my video on my YouTube channel, but I recently took the, you know I did an episode about this. I took the actual SAT in May, and I got a, a perfect on the math, but it wasn't even the, the interesting part was not just the fact that I got a perfect. Because I, I mean, I was pretty close to a perfect, I'd say, in high school. I was really close, I got like a 770. Um, so I, I assume with a bit more practice or maybe another try. I would have been able to get it, get an 800 maybe, but it wasn't that it was that I not only was able to get an 800, but I did it in a ridiculous amount of time. Like it was a breeze. I granted, I still could have made a mistake. I'm not saying I'm impervious to mistakes, but I finished with, I think I finished the first section, which was almost an hour was the time allotted. And I finished it in like 30 minutes, maybe 35 minutes. Like I blazed through that thing. So even though the score is only marginally different from my high school score, the way in which I was able to complete the test was markedly different. Why is that? It's because in my my belief is that because not only do I practice a lot, I guess, just but I think when you have to teach something, when you have to create these courses about math, like I've had to, man, you learn it. So it, I mean it's just so fixed in your mind. And that's how it was for me on the test. I mean I've I've gone through so many practice problems, but moreover, I've had to analyze the practice problems. I had to create more. I had to study the test and then I have to teach it to other people. So through that process, I just became so familiar with all the material and the question types that it, it just it was it was very easy. Alright, so let's move on to the science of hands-on learning. At the heart of making is the idea that all students are creators. Instead of just memorizing material for a test, students are encouraged to use what they know to design and build products, projects, whether it's hacking everyday objects to make music or using a 3D printer to build a mechanical prosthetic hand for a child. Hands-on learning plays a key role in maker education. A typical maker space looks more like a workshop than a classroom with tools, art supplies, and computer parts. Filling the room, textbooks, if present, are more likely to be used as references, a tool to help students design and build their projects. Unlike traditional classrooms, where memorizing the textbook itself may be the goal, and this just feels like real life. Like that's, if you set out to create something on your own, build a product, build a course, whatever it may be, that's what you're doing. You're out there creating, making. And yes, you're going to maybe look at other courses that exist as a reference. Look at, read books, review materials to guide you along. But the key part is the making of part. And again, I want to emphasize one more time, it's that process of the creation that I think forges the material so firmly in your mind and allows you to draw new conclusions and make connections that you otherwise wouldn't have. I'm teaching this law preview class again this week. This is the last week for the summer where I'm helping kids prepare for their first year of law school. I've been doing it for like six years or something, five, six years. And it's every year when I give the lecture on Wednesday, in uh, not today, but tomorrow, I'll be talking about the process of outlining. And it's not, it's not about having the, the best outline in the world. It's not about finding the best outline in the world, like just like you'd find the best resource or textbook. The really important critical part for preparation for your exams is not getting or having the best end product, but it's about getting there. It's about the process. It's about the creation of the outline individually. And through that process, by making this, trying to make this beautiful thing that assimilates all the information that you've painstakingly gathered throughout the year that's how you finally learn everything and get everything really set in your mind so you can spit it out on an exam nicely, neatly, in an organized manner, etc. So that is the idea behind, I mean, it's the same principle. You do it yourself, you walk through the process as opposed to just reading something that's been created and it's going to be pretty hard to not have gained quite a, a solid mastery of the subject by that point. Okay. Maker mindset, teaching students to ask questions and embrace mistakes. Now, this is really awesome. your education is more than just tools and technology. Dale Doherty, the creator of Maker Faire, sees making as a way to develop one's full potential. Fostering the maker mindset through education is a fundamentally human project to support the growth and development of another person, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. Making encourages students to pose their own questions and pursue answers in an organic way. In contrast to a single correct answer approach, making is a mindset, a way to approach problem solving through experimentation and play. Mistakes are a way of are a part of learning since they show that students are pushing the boundaries of their capabilities. Every mistake made is an opportunity to incorporate feedback into a new design, a way to solve challenges previously unforeseen. In a culture of high-stakes testing, students can be too focused on finding the right answers when they should also be thinking about the right questions. Questioning can be a powerful form of learning. Research shows that students learn more deeply when they can apply classroom-gathered knowledge to real-world problems. Asking questions provides context that helps reinforce student learning and it helps students transfer their learning to new kinds of situations, including ones outside of the classroom. Finally, the last section is entitled A Powerful Force for Inclusion. One of Maker Education's more exciting trends is its ability to attract students who may be underrepresented in STEM fields. Despite being 57% of the undergraduate student population, Women make up only 19% of engineering students. Black and Hispanic students who make up 29% of undergraduates constitute only 15% of engineering students. Why are women and minorities underrepresented in, again, STEM, science, technology, uh, math? I I can't remember the E. Maybe it might be engineering. One possible reason is the style of teaching usually used. A 2014 study compared college-level biology courses taught in a traditional lecture format with an active learning format, and found that when active learning was used, average exam scores increased, with black and first-generation students benefiting the most. In other words, active learning can be a powerful tool to help make STEM more inclusive. With its focus on creativity, art, play, and do-it-yourself projects, making has the potential to appeal to a wide range of interests, A 2014 report found that girls who participate in maker programs develop stronger interest and skills in computer science and engineering. By engaging in making, girls can gain the skills, knowledge, and confidence, and self-efficacy necessary for a successful career in STEM. True learning is a continuous cycle of curiosity, investigation, experimentation, research, and reflection, all of which are key features in making while maker education is often defined in terms of 3d printers it's really the culture around making rather than the act of making that makes it essential to learning all right such a cool article hopefully that was fun for you hopefully that was interesting i know it was super interesting for me and man i don't know i just i just think it's it's such a cool idea i'm so excited to implement this next year. Oh, you know, there's there's one other piece. I don't think I think I skipped this part. All right, there's one other piece that I want to jump back to. It's about the research. So here we go. At Albert Mill, uh Marl County Public Schools, making foster student autonomy ignite student interest and empower students to embrace their own learning. One of the things we've discovered is that maker education with kids gets them engaged, gets them passionate about the work, and gives them opportunities to pursue things that they're interested in. And as a result, it really raises the level of work that kids are doing. Research shows that hands-on learning is an effective way to teach students science. A 2009 study found that 8th grade students who were involved in hands-on science projects demonstrated a deeper understanding of concepts than students who were taught with traditional meth- methods such as textbook readings, lectures, etc., And then why is it more effective? Well, students who participate in science experiments instead of just observing them have a deeper conceptual understanding of science. Through brain imaging, researchers found that physical experience activates the sensor- sensory motor region of students' brains, which helps reinforce what they're learning. If students use their hands as well as their minds, they're essentially learning twice. And that makes sense, we know that that is occurring because we, I mean, for example, just if you think about the different ways in which we learn, whether it's kinesthetic, visually, and we know we're we're hitting two or more or three or whatever of those tracks, you're gonna have a much better chance of retaining that information. And that's been well established. So yeah, I mean, all this stuff makes sense. And I mean, my only advice is, if you're a parent, you're listening, man, I'd really try and get your kids involved in one of these maker spaces. It may not be for everybody. Your child in particular may not enjoy it, but have them try it. See if they like it. See if it's something that excites them. I think it's really important too, my thought is to have a lot of freedom and and flexibility in these maker spaces to really let kids figure out, especially kids who are otherwise not so thrilled about the current organization of the education system, give them a a really nice chance to explore and create something that's very nicely aligned with whatever their particular interest may be. See if you can ignite some real passion uh, that may otherwise not be there. So that's it. That's all for today's episode. I'm going to post a link for this to this article in the show notes if you want to check them out. You can see the show notes at www.scalerlearning.com. And again, if you have questions or comments for me, email me at huzaifa at We'd love to hear from you. And again, if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe in iTunes to the podcast. We got new episodes coming out every day this summer. So, a lot of great content still coming your way. I know we're almost at episode 60 now. I think this is 59 or 50, uh, 59. So, we're getting there, we're getting to that 100 mark. This, by the way, it doesn't mean that the, the, the shows are still gonna continue throughout the year. I'm just anticipating I'll have to slow it down. Probably won't be able to keep up the same schedule because then I'll, I'll take on my full-time teaching role, still be tutoring, still be doing all the things that I do. So that's what I'm anticipating, but we'll see, you never know. But at least until the end of the summer, we got them coming out every day. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you guys next time take it easy scan learn me yeah give